FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. We are back with the FCS football podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Sean Anderson. If you and if you couldn't tell, folks, we have ourselves. A new intro song and a whole new uh, opener for the show. And uh, Sean, Mr. Sean Anderson was the one who, uh, the mastermind behind the creation of our new introduction uh, that we have here for the show. And you're, you look pretty excited to talk about it. You look really excited <laughs> well, to no, talk about it. <laughs> I was just excited to hear how you would pronounce the word introduction. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, also our old song, uh, as Joe had pointed up, was being frequently used in... Um, Children's everything. basketball camps, highlight videos. Uh, everything. Uh, it's a that song gets around plenty. So I uh, I decided to want to uh, uh, give the the show a little uh, spring cleaning uh, mm-hmm. because it's a whole new year. Uh, we are still here with the Believe uh, Podcast Network, and uh, you know might as well try to put our best foot forward, right? <laughs> I can't even count the amount of times though that I sent you. That song that was in, they were in, in very odd memes. They were in, like you said, basketball, uh, children's basketball camp videos. They just random highlight tapes. So we needed something new, something unique, and uh, we were able to able to get that. Normally, within our, uh, it, it was over Twitter or Instagram most of the times, and I can gauge what the post is going to be in reference to. Uh, instantaneously given uh, our chemistry and how long uh, I've known you for. But if it was ever a post that was out of left field and I'm like, why is this being sent to me? It always came back to, oh my gosh, the intro song has to be somewhere in this video. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just need to put the the sound on and you'll eventually find. (laughs) I remember watching that basketball uh, camp video for... I think a minute and a half while it was on mute. And then I'm like, why did you send this to me? And then you started uh, swearing at me saying, did you, did you even listen to it? I said, no. And then I listened to it. I said, oh, immediately. There it is. That's what it's about. Well, it was, yeah, it was a decent song. So I guess it makes sense why, why it was being repurposed by all these, these various, uh, various sources. Well, I hope you like the new song. Let us know what you think on Twitter. Tweeted us at Joe DeLeon and also tweet specifically at Sean, at Sanderson Radio, let him know what you think of the production he did for the intro song. If you hate it, definitely let him know. Let him know what you hate about it, very specifically. I want to hear from also, Rusty, too. I want to know what he yeah, thinks. I would happily... Uh, I'm also in the business of of making uh, intros for shows. <laughs> so if you know anybody... I'm going to solicit myself here. If you know anybody Shameless that plug. wants an intro, or if you yourself want an intro... I'll make it super cheap also, super fast. I'll get it out to you. You have to pay for that ad time, you know. <laughs> now, Joe, if Joe hadn't had another little point here, I would have been able to so tr- transition into the little sub point, uh, the read, perfectly. But, Joe, let's get into your uh, constraining well, secondary I, banter. I, I could have... It wasn't secondary banter. It was just a point. I'll give it a, I, I could have said it after the read, but it's it is what it is now. All I was just going to say is that to explain our make it good thought process. It's not like it's some home run hitting. Th- it's just a, a, a housekeeping thing. 
so the, the way that we grouped things, and you might have noticed last offseason, we did a couple shows with two conferences and one. We did that last week. We did a conference and a half with the independents. We had to do one other show where we grouped them, and the rest of them, we have enough time that we'll be able to do one show per conference and then do the positions like we did last offseason. But we had to group certain conferences like we did, and we chose to do the Ivy Leagues grouped with the independents, not because the independents are not eligible, but specifically put the Ivies in a, in a, in a, in a show with another conference because they are not a part of the FCS playoff bracket. And the same thing goes for the SWAC and MEAC. We chose to keep them together because they play for the Celebration Bowl. And it just seems like it makes the most sense to talk about these two teams side by side than to mix them up with another team that is playing for the playoffs and one of these HBCU conferences that is playing for the, the Celebration Bowl. And we did that last year, and I was looking back at how we did things last year, and I was like, well, that, that didn't really make any sense how we organized this. So second time around, and we're, we're actually doing things right. I'm happy that we are uh, trending upward, Joe. Now, Joe, do you know what I plan on doing um, either tonight or tomorrow? Uh, staying up way later than you should and then sleeping until 4. No, 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 no. I plan on sending a picture out on Instagram with myself in a terrible, terrible sweatshirt. <laughs> Do you know why I'm bringing this up? I could probably because tell you I would much rather be posting this picture with myself in a True Classic tee from True Classic Tees. These t-shirts would elevate me from maybe the 200 to 215-like range to, to give me... Uh, 225 to 240 i'm not gonna get all uh over inflated and say oh i'm gonna get in the 300 400 range no no no. it'll give me a bump though aside to seeing me in this scraggly sweatshirt covered in uh chicken liver blood i'm sure true classic tees wants to be affiliated with that imagery <laughs> but another reason that i would want one of these t-shirts is that they are only 15 dollars you go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout BLEAV for 20% off. That's BLEAV at trueclassictees.com. Stop yourself from – don't make the mistakes that I've made. Get on the ball now. Just just do better for yourself. So if you have a similar body type to Sean, there's hope for you well, that you can find a nice fitting shirt. I these shirts as uh, – <laughs> large man shirts these shirts will fit all do not associate uh, them with a shirt that you would find wait you at can agree with me though store company for someone who's we're, we're, we're both just a little dumpy and you know it's it's hard to find a shirt that fits right because it's either too tight in the chest it's it's too big in the arms there's never a good fit so that's why what, what makes true classic good for people of our are our proportions. Well, Sean, not to dwell too much on, on t good fitting t-shirts, even though True Classic is amazing. Let's talk some swack from last season. Very good conference play from them. Had a lot of top teams, but it ended up coming down to Alcorn State winning the conference and going to the Celebration Bowl. They, however, got massacred, I would say, by NCAA and T of the MEAC, which we'll get to shortly after some ad breaks they lost to them 64 to 44 like that sounds like a basketball score between two bad offenses in basketball that that there was so much scoring in that game but Alcorn State ended up winning the SWAC last offense uh, uh, uh last season rather 
They were six and one in conference, eight and three right behind them. Alabama, A and M, four and three in conference, seven and five overall. Actually, right behind them rather was Southern, who won the Western Division, six and one, eight and four overall. Going back to the East, though, Alabama State, four and three, five and six. Jackson State, three and four, four and eight. Mississippi Valley State, one and six, two and nine overall. But like I said, with the West. Southern was so close to them, six and one, eight and four. I believe Alcorn State had that tiebreaker, which is why they ended up being the uh, representative for the SWAC in the Celebration Bowl. Prairie View A and M four and three, six and five. Grambling State four and three, six and five. University of Arkansas Pine Bluff three and four, six and five, and then Texas Southern not a good season for them. The alma mater of Michael Strahan, I believe, zero and seven in 0 and 11 last year so uh, some pretty good parody in the middle of the, of the conference for for the SWAC last season uh and but Alcorn State ended up being that clear-cut uh, best team last season yeah Joe well I guess the first guy on our list of key returners is a big reason if you want to start us off with that yeah I'll get us rolling here and our top player from Last season that is returning, our first player on our list of key returners is Felix Harper, quarterback from Alcorn State, and he is a very big reason why this Alcorn State team was good last year and is also carrying momentum into this upcoming season. Statistically, he was so close to the second guy that we have on here that Sean's going to talk about just right behind him statistically and had just one more passing touchdown than him, 33 passing touchdowns, 2,959 passing yards for second best in the SWAC, nine interceptions, and then 169 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns. Such a productive quarterback for um, Alcorn State last season and has proven that he can be a, a dual threat in being able to run the ball with six rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he's definitely a, a dual threat guy, even if the yardage doesn't show for it. I guess in, in the in the goal line situations, he's going to sneak in and get it in. Well, as you noted, too, the guy who led the SWAC in passing yards last year, Akil Glass from Alabama A&M, 6'5", 215, great frame. Last year, he had 3,600 yards even, 32 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions on the year. He gives this team life, and he's coming back, and it's hard to not see an even better improvement for glass for this next year. I was honestly shocked when I was doing the the show notes beforehand and I was picking these guys out that Felix Harper, the, I think that these guys are so close to glass and Harper statistically did certain things better than the other. And I think that I was just a little bit shocked that that glass ended up getting edged out by Harper for that first team all conference. Harper ended up being the first team all conference. Second team all conference was glass uh, for the SWAC last season, and it just seems like that they're so close comparably, but they're two totally different quarterbacks because Glass is 6'5", 215, and then Harper, on the other hand, is only 5'11", 180. It's like having um, it's like having Jacob Eason and then Mason Fine, who's only 5'10", from Northern Texas. Our next player, Keyshawn Harper, running back from Jackson State, 5'11", 200 pounds. Last season, he had 766 yards and four touchdowns, 209 kick return yards not overly productive last season for Jackson State but he is the best statistically returning running back 
coming from the SWAC. All the other thousand yard rushers uh, were seniors last season. So he's, he's in a pretty good position to be that next thousand yard rusher. Roger. Now uh, I'll just grace through these old linemen right, right quick. Yeah, go ahead. Mark Evans from APB, Danny Graza, offensive lineman from Prairie View A&M, uh, Atandre Smith, offensive lineman from uh, UAPB, UAPB again, <laughs> Arkansas Pine Bluff. Sorry. It's easier Arkansas to say Pine that. Bluff. How is that? How is University of Arkansas Pine Bluff easier to say than UAPB? What kind of language Tongue are we twister. speaking here? Well, we've got, <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, three really good offensive linemen right there, and they're returning for the teams to help pave the way. Yeah, we're not going to go too deep on them just because we have so many guys to talk about here. Our next player, Abdul Fatai Ibrahim, wide receiver from Alabama AM. He was a true freshman last year. Now he's a true sophomore. Uh, six foot one, 190. Last season, statistically, had a very productive year 59 receptions, 1,004 receiving yards, and 11 touchdowns. That is some serious production from a. Uh, former freshman, the ceiling for him is so high. It's very, very difficult to surpass that 1,000-yard mark at the FCS level, and to do so as a freshman is just a testament to his talent. Definitely, and he's got a great frame also, but if I may one-up you here, with a Mr. Donnie Corley, wide receiver at Texas Southern, six foot two, oh, 190 one pounds. <laughs> he led the conference with 1,039 yards, uh, 72 catches, and three touchdowns last year. Obviously, he's a—I um, I don't want to label him as a possession receiver, but he's he's making the grabs and gathering up the yards. Yeah, not as many touchdowns as Ibrahim, but still easily the two best receivers in this conference, and they're going to be dueling it out and duking it out to be the top receiver and statistically that top receiver in the swack next player we have going on to defense jason dumas defensive lineman from prairie view a&m five foot ten 230 that is a stout defensive lineman for prairie view a&m 53 total tackles 12 tackles for loss and a five and a half sacks i love seeing these guys sean that are not the tallest players and they're not the biggest, but they get production like this. That just makes me so happy to see that despite not being super big, they can still find ways to dominate and be a problem for opposing offensive linemen. I mean, in your perspective, what would it be like trying to go against a guy that's that, uh, that, that much smaller than you when you're trying to deal with him on the outside? Well, Will Mack, I have like four inches on Will Mack, and he's the hardest person I've ever had to and go against. And he's 6'2". Hey. Yeah, it, it's he is no fun to go against. I hate it going against Will Mack. He's definitely you stand us next to each other. You see a, a definite difference there. But if you're a good defensive lineman, and you got good hands and good feet. You're going to be a problem for any offensive lineman. That's how it works. And then then comes the strength and the leverage. But good hands, good feet, and then all the other intang- intangibles fall suit. Similarly to Mr. Marcus Cushing. Alabama A&M defensive lineman, six foot two, two twenty, a taller frame than Dumas. Last year, thirty-nine total tackles, thirteen tackles for loss, racked up seven sacks and two forced fumbles. You're just slightly more productive than him, and I think easily the most productive defensive player we have on this list is up next: Keontae Hampton, linebacker from Jackson State, six foot two, two twenty-five. He had a hundred and twenty-one tackles last season that is the best in the swack what is that 106 that you're putting down there 
on Jackson State's uh, website, it said 106, but I didn't know if you pulled 121. The, I, I pulled that from the the SWAC statistical website. So if there's a discrepancy there, it also uh, the the MIAC website said Jamie and Martin only played four games, even though he played 12 and had 23 touchdowns. So we'll, but I will find, then that's good that we have that discrepancy and we acknowledged it. We don't know which one is for sure correct but over 100 tackles is a big deal for a linebacker that is a crap ton of production for hampton and easily the best linebacker in the conference yeah i he's uh you might be hearing his name a little later on in the show well another name you're gonna be hearing uh hopefully a lot next year uh drake cheatham defensive back from prairie view a&m's five foot ten 185 last year totaled up 66 total tackles you know i love my corners and defensive backs that tackle get in the box and rack up if you get over 50 tackles in a year you're playing defensive back you're gonna be high on my list last year total of three interceptions five pass breakups just a really good all-around defensive back last player to wrap us up here jalen harris defensive back also from Prairie View AM, 5'10, 176, 33 total tackles, four interceptions, and 14 pass breakups. Two dynamic players in their secondary for Prairie View AM. So, Sean, after talking about all these players, who is your pick for player to watch in the SWAC? Well, regardless of it being 106 tackles or 121 tackles, I'm just going to. Uh Work the difference, add 7.5 to the 106. He's sitting at 113.5 tackles last year. Keontae Hampton, he's the linebacker of the league. He's probably going to be the defensive player of the year next year, in my opinion. I don't see anybody else this is challenging him on this returning list. He is the player that I'm going to be watching all year. I expect, yeah, double-digit tackles every game out of this guy. He's set the bar that high. My pick has to be Akil Glass, and I, I don't know why, as, a, as somebody who you know, watches tape and, and tries to evaluate guys in, in, in college. I don't know why, but I just love tall quarterbacks. I love guys that have that, that big frame six foot five or, or even taller six foot four and up is really just a huge positive for me. And then to have the production to go behind it, 32 passing touchdowns, 3,600 yards. It is not easy to throw for that many yards and touchdowns at the FCS level in a, you know, a conference like the SWAC. So I think that having that production, as not even a senior, the ceiling for for him is only going to go up. He's going to only continue to get better, and he's going to have a, a just as equally, if not more, productive season. And even if he does throw 11 picks again, or maybe he ends up throwing more, I, I would certainly argue that with his size, his frame, and that type of production, that he could be a legitimate undrafted free agent prospect for next year's crop of, uh, of FCS prospects. I completely agree. I really do. So, Sean, who do you think out of these teams that we've talked about is the biggest sleeper? My biggest sleeper, I'm sticking with them, Jackson State. I think they have the best defensive player on this list, and they've got the best returning running back uh, from the from the SWAC that we've seen. So, or on this list also. So, it's... it's I, I'm not saying that they're going to win it all, and I'm not saying two players make a whole team. But if we're talking about sleepers, you got to look at these guys and say, "Wow, they could make some noise next year." Yeah, they were four and eight and three and four in conference, so there's there's plenty of room for them to continue to move up. My pick was Prairie View A&M, four and three, yeah. six and five. 
second in the West of, of the SWAC. And the reason why I picked them is if you, if you look at all these guys that we brought up that were former all-conference players, there is a good handful of them, including those two defensive backs that we highlighted in Harris and Cheatham. So it, it makes a ton of sense to me picking a team like this that's bringing back multiple defensive starters, an offensive lineman, that was all conference. They're going to be much better than that six and five mark than last year. I had no problem with Prairie View A and M either. I mean, we're 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 pretty simpatico right now. How about biggest faller though? What team do you think is going to slip compared yeah, to where they were I, last year? I normally go to the top of the list here, which is you know would predicate what a faller is, and I see Alcorn State and I see Alabama A and M and I. And then I see Southern, and I say I look at our list, and I see key returners, and I'm not seeing anybody from Southern on here. So I, they just, I cannot, I, I can't get on board with, with Southern being top of the conference when we're looking at them, not seeing many players key, uh, highlighted in our in our selection of returners. So I, I don't think that Southern is going to be able to replicate it. Yeah, you're 100% right here. And I, when you put down Southern and I was reading through the notes and I was, I was a little bit like, really? Why do you think that they're going to drop? But that makes total sense. We don't have a single guy on here. There weren't any uh, re- returners from last season that are coming back that can actually really contribute at a high level in this list of guys that we picked. And my pick here is a bit of a, an odd one. I decided to go with Alcorn State. And the only reason my logic mm-hmm. here is that I don't think that they're going to be drastic drop for them but if you win your conference i think that going into the next season they're going to take a slight step back and i don't think they're going to fall off the face of the earth but i think a team that i'm picking to win the east they're going to fall behind them i'll, well, I'll address who that team is in a second but i think they're going to slightly slide down just by one spot because they are losing a good handful of first team all conference players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I understand that you still have Felix Harper, but missing out on some of those guys, it can lead to a lot of, of issues. And we've seen this trend. And one thing I've learned from last year is don't pick the the teams that won the conference back to back years, unless they're returning a bunch of really good guys, because I call it the Colgate effect because we picked Colgate last year to win the. Um, I picked the, them again. Yeah, the, I picked them as a sleeper this year. Yeah, the, I picked them as the, the the Patriot League winner, and Colgate fell off the face of the earth because they lost so many guys. All they had returning was Nick Wheeler. That was it, and then everyone else completely fell off uh, because they were gone. So Colgate is the is the reason why I'm wary of these conference winning teams that lose a handful of of. Uh, all conference players. Now you brought up all the Col- Colgate pain back again. Thanks. Yeah, I, I know. Sean, who are you picking as your favorite to win? Oh, I need to address that we were, for some reason, just so dumb when we started that the only two conferences that we did not pick winners for last year that we can't we that I can't bring up to, uh, to compare is. Um, is the swack and the meak? So we 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 are not going to talk about who we who, who we picked last year because there is uh, there is no one to reference. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am uh, I'm picking Alabama A and M. The combination of Glass and Ibrahim it, it, it's really solid, and I, I mean they're explosive. It's an explosive team. That team looks dangerous. They are not. 
I think they're poised this year to take over and and really elevate themselves and win this conference. Yeah, I love the fact that they're they're bringing back Glass, who has the potential to be the best quarterback in this conference next year. I, I think they've got a, a lot of good firepower for them. And and if you consider the fact of where they were, they were just on that cusp of seven and five, four and three in the conference. They just need to get over that hump of, of being four and three in conference. I want to see them get to that six win mark, hopefully maybe even better than that. But I think that they have all of the necessary pieces, especially a returning quarterback that are going to put them in a position to win the swack and play in the celebration bowl. Sean, we're going to talk about the MEAC, but before we get to that, I want to tell you folks about Bet Online. While you're waiting this quarantine out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. Sean and I just signed up for accounts, had some time to take a look at it. Very, very user-friendly interface with no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think that there's nothing to bet on, and that's what we all thought. But with Bet Online. Still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. I Every Friday or Saturday, I have consistently played online poker with my friends because we can't play together anymore. And it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity that we can still do that online. And bet online is a perfect place to do that. You can also bet on eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, and also their $750,000 poker series. There's still fun to be had. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use their promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Sean, are you ready to talk about MEAC? Are you still texting Jake Fire? I'd love to. <laughs> Why can't I do both? Why can't I text Jake Fire about the MEAC? <laughs> he needs to be getting a microphone. So last year, Sean. I just need Sean, to get home and send it to him, brother. Yeah, exactly. Sean, do you want to go through these uh, standings from last year in the MEAC for us? I'm good. You got it. What? No, do it. Don't, stop giggling. I can see you now. So Joe, go just ahead. Just do it. You're why, re- why am I doing this one? You're, you're reading the Do you need a break after you read? You had such a tough read. You need me to read <laughs> yeah, these standings it was hard. out? It was hard. It's my turn to, it's my turn to text Jake Fire. What's the double asterisk mean? Uh, there is no double asterisk. Yes, oh, it means, it, means that, it means that Florida A&M was not eligible last year for postseason play, even though they had a good record. I forget there was a scandal that they dealt with, which we addressed. I don't remember the specifics of it. I did not feel like digging into that and, and bringing that up, but thank you. Thanks. Okay. Last year, <laughs> NCA and T six and two in conference, nine and three overall. Uh, they won the conference last year behind them. South Carolina State six and two conference, eight and three overall. Followed closely by Bethune Cookman five and three conference. Then Norfolk State four and four. NC Central three and five. Morgan State two and six. Uh, I'm not doing the thing, Joe. At the very bottom of the doc. Uh, Two and six, Howard followed Morgan State, uh, Delaware State one and seven. And then at the bottom, because they were ineligible, Florida AM, who was seven and one in conference and nine and two overall. And the biggest news with the MEAC is that NCANT is planning on leaving the conference in 2021. But that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of phenomenal players coming back this upcoming year, many of whom are on. NCANT. Uh, Joseph, 
Yes. Would you care to start will, this off? I will start us off in NCA and T, like you alluded to, is the big dogs as they drop 66 points in the Celebration Bowl, and they are ready to move on to bigger and better things. Uh, not better things, but they want to move on to a conference so they can compete for the national championship because people talk about the run that North Dakota State has had over the past few years, and arguably NCAA and T, maybe it's not the same amount of uh, years and as many wins, but they're still a very, very good program and has dominated here in the MEAC. Now is their turn to see if they can duke it out with some of these big programs that play in the FCS uh, playoff bracket. Our first player, and I think you have to consider this guy to be one of the top returning FCS players overall. We're going to talk about him when we get to the running backs for a very good reason. That is Mr. Jamain Martin, running back, NCAA, A&T. He's a big reason why they had a really good season last year. Transfer from Coastal Carolina, 5'10", 214, incredible frame for a running back. His production last year is Crazy. It's astronomical. I had to check multiple websites to confirm to make sure that these numbers were right. 1,446 rushing yards and 23 rushing touchdowns. That is a crap ton of production from one of the best running backs in the country. And he is going to be a prospect similar to that of James Robinson because of what he was able to do his junior year. And he does not have nearly as much tread on the tires as James Robinson did, who had 900-something plus touches compared to Jamain Martin needing only, I believe it was like 180 touches to get that type of production. So Martin is my pick for one of the best players in the country. I will gladly continue to talk him up. I am in love with what he was able to do. And Sean is giving me a dirty look. For some reason. No, 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 no. I'm just looking at the numbers, astounded. I, I mean, there's no. When we do the running back breakdowns, he's at the top of the list, right? Like he's oh, up there. easily, easily. I can't even think of, and and we'll we'll probably find some guys that are close, but I cannot even think of anyone that's gonna um, challenge him off the top of my head. Well, we have another uh, key returner who is. Xavier Smith, wide receiver from Florida A&M, 5'10", Joseph, his weight, 165. Now you're like this guy. You have a problem with that? 165. Wow. But he had 77 catches, 1,159 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So if you're worried about this guy at this frame, just think how many times he was tackled. On 77 catches and 1,159 yards. Think about that. And he's coming back. Yeah, that's that's incredible that he's returning and having... He was the most productive receiver that we spoke about on this list. And if we're talking about a guy that was also productive, but as a passer, that is Jawan Carter, who was a second-team all-conference quarterback last season he is going into his senior year, six foot one seventy five. His statistics last season: two thousand three hundred and two passing yards, thirteen touchdowns, but also rushed for two hundred and twenty three yards and two touchdowns. Not an overly productive season, as we had two quarterbacks in the last grouping for the SWAC, only one for the MIAC. But he's very clearly, statistically, and also his production on the field, uh, the best returning quarterback in this conference. 
I have no complaints. I'm not going to argue. I think he's also the best quarterback in the MEAC. Uh, I don't really think it's even that close, especially over the returners. Now, one of his pass catchers, tight end Sean McFarland for Norfolk State, six foot two, two thirty five. Last year, hauled in fifteen catches, one hundred sixty nine yards, and a tutty. So this upcoming year, hopefully, you know, maybe he's not the epitome of a pass catching vertical threat tight end, but he's an all around guy. So this guy next year, I'd expect him to elevate it to thirty catches, three hundred yards, three touchdowns, threes all the way around. Yeah, not overly productive, and you don't really need a super productive tight end to have a powerful offense. Just use him in spots where you need to pick up those small little chunks here and there, third and short, whatever you need to to spell your offensive play calling. Sean, you want to rattle through these offensive linemen like you did last time? I would love to. Uh, Dakari Wilson, NCANT center, six foot two, two eighty, good frame there, especially for a center. Next is Kenneth Kirby, offensive lineman for Norfolk, six foot five, two eighty. Keen Forbes, offensive lineman for Florida A and M, six foot three, three fifteen. Uh, and then we're on to the defensive linemen. Uh, all three of those guys on this list for a reason. Uh, they're at the top of the game in the MIAC. Those are the three that you're watching out for. Yeah, three big dogs. A couple of them were former first team All Conference picks, specifically. Kenneth Kirby and Keen Forbes. Actually, all three of them were, and Dakari Wilson were all first-team selections uh, for the MEAC. Our next player, defensive lineman Roderick Perry, six foot two, two thirty-four. Sorry, that is not two thirty-four. Is not the his weight. He had thirty-four total tackles, fourteen and a half tackles for loss, and four and a half sacks. Uh, Jermaine McDaniel, defensive lineman, NCANT, six foot three, two hundred thirty-five pounds. Last year, had thirty-five total tackles, nine and a half tackles for losses, and six sacks on the year. He's definitely one of that front four that's going to cause you problems for NCANT. And he's back. NCANT fans should be ecstatic that this guy's back. I mean, he's just productive, and he's he's their key defensive lineman that's returning. Well, Sean, guess what? We're going to go on a run of uh, NCAA and T guys. Kyan Howard, linebacker, six foot two forty three. That is a wide linebacker frame right there. Seventy total tackles, eight tackles for loss, and two forced fumbles. And Sean, you care to share about his linebacking mate that was also an All Conference guy? I'd love to. Uh, Jacob Roberts, linebacker, NCANT, six feet tall, even, 218 pounds, 56 total tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss, and four and a half sacks. I like that both of these guys get downhill and get behind the line of scrimmage and impact the game with their tackle for loss numbers. I mean, that's it. obviously linebackers, you're looking at straight up tackles, you're looking at sacks, and you're looking at possible interceptions. But the tackle for loss statistic is very important uh, for me. Because that lets me know that he's not just waiting for that ball to get to him three or four yards down the field. He is going to stop it when he sees it in the hole. And that's what I especially love out of linebackers. Yeah, it shows that they attack the line of scrimmage. They come up field fast. All that good stuff. Good reaction time. Next player, and I think he's one of the most interesting players on this list because of where he came from. That's Marquise Bell, defensive back from Florida A&M. And he is... A former four-star recruit, 
played in the Under Armour All-American game and was at Maryland, but was suspended and left and went to uh, the JUCO level and found his way to Florida A&M. He is a really big defensive back, six foot three, two fifteen, great size. Mm. Earned all conference honors for very good reasoning. Sixty-one total tackles, five tackles for loss, five interceptions, nine pass breakups, and two forced fumbles. When you are coming from that level and being a former four-star recruit, there's usually a ton of hype around you, and he honestly lived up to it. The way that you phrase that, are you stating that you were a former four-star recruit? Um. I was, but the, as a long snapper, oh. it's a different system. It's a completely different system. Four star doesn't mean as much as it does for us. I, I feel about that. But that, I didn't. I didn't say it like that. I didn't say it like that intentionally. Four star for a long snapper okay. is completely uh, okay. different for um, that. It would be of a, a, a positional player. I still don't know how I feel about it. Last player on our list here: Brian Mills, defensive back for NCCU, six foot two, great height there, one seventy. Last year he had twenty two total tackles, five picks and 13 passes defended. I mean, this guy, obviously, he's their island at NCCU. He's the guy that's going to get the ball uh, in his hands, and he's going to stop the ball from getting the receiver's hands. Not a huge tackler. I don't mind it. If you're putting up numbers like that on a defensive end, taking the ball away and, and keeping it out of their hands, then you're doing a great job for me. So, Sean, what from what I've noticed, you for our players to watch – you don't agree with me. You don't. You don't like my guy, John Maine Martin. So who did who did you end up picking? My pick is very clearly. I don't think I need to sell John Maine Martin any more than I already did. But who was your pick? Well, Joe, I don't know how great of a show it would be if we were just both talking about how great John Maine Martin is. <laughs> He's fantastic. He's obviously the player to watch in the Miac. He is. But I'm watching Xavier Smith, the guy. Is 165 pounds and fearless and putting up these numbers. He's going to make an impact. He is Florida A&M's player. He's their guy. I'm watching him all season. He, you think they got to nine and one last year without Xavier Smith? I don't. The guy is electric. You, you He's know who I'm watching next year. You know year. who it makes me think of in terms of his frame. I'm not talking about speed because I haven't seen enough of him to compare the speed, and I don't know his numbers Chicago are. Buffalo. No, I was gonna say uh, John Brown from Pittsburgh State. He yep. um, five foot ten, one seventy nine, and he was he was lighter than that when he was coming out of Pittsburgh State. That's what he weighs right now. So I think that that's a really good comp. You, there's guys that can get away with not being super duper heavy and and, and being uh, productive receivers. So Sean, before we get to our biggest sleeper, do you have something to tell our listeners? Yes, mighty listeners, listeners with more power, age, and wisdom than us. If you're looking for employees like Joe or myself, go to LinkedIn. That's where we were found, and we're, we're spectacular. So you can find your version of us on LinkedIn. They have 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn jobs screens candidates with all the hard and or soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. They hire a person on LinkedIn every eight seconds. That's how fast that they can get you your right person. You find that right employee for your business today with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com team. 
Again, that's linkedin.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Sean. So our biggest sleeper, who, which team out of the ones we've discussed do you feel has potential to sneak up on some of these teams in the conference? I went with Bethune-Cookman. It felt like last year we continuously were talking about Bethune-Cookman throughout the whole season. They just never really went away. Didn't we talk and, about them because uh, early on, do you remember that there was the mascot fight? I think that's what it was. There, uh, there was something. I forget what it was, but there was. Oh my gosh! I don't. No, no, I don't. I didn't mean that, to. Yeah, I didn't mean to interject with that. I'm sorry. I completely killed your steam there. I mean, every time I was going through for the the weekly um, pickums and our our what do we what do we call it? FC estimates. <laughs> FC estimates. You're the idiot who came up with the name. It's been <laughs> longer, about six months away from it. But um, Bethune Cookman just kept on popping up, popping up. Big win, big win. Oh, Bethune-Cookman beat who? And then obviously they didn't win the MEAC. That's fine. But I think they're still a sleeper. I don't – I I think they're a bigger sleeper than Norfolk State. That's for sure. I don't know if Norfolk State is really going to take that next step. I know they have a great quarterback. I know they have good players. But I I, I don't know. Bethune-Cookman left an impact on me. I, I honestly was was torn between Bethune-Cookman and Norfolk State, so I appreciate you you throwing me that, that easy transition there. Uh, Norfolk State was four and four, five and seven in conference, and I, the reason why picking them as a sleeper is pretty obvious. They were under five hundred last year and at five hundred in the conference, so there's a lot of room for them to continue to trend up. They've got the best quarterback in the conference. You're returning a really strong tight end in McFarland. You also have a, a couple other really quality starters, especially Kenneth Kirby, one of your offensive tackles. I just like that blend that they have going on offensively that can turn them into a pretty strong offensive weapon. So, Sean, your biggest faller, who would you consider that to be? SC State. Uh, I mean, you're losing Alex Taylor. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yep, He's the most notable player that you're losing. And it's a left tackle. It's not like... I'm not comparing it to when North Dakota State uh, the year after um, Carson Wentz left. But mm-hmm. I'm just – that guy was the anchor of your team. And if you have an anchor of your team and they're gone, it's hard for – you know, you got to have someone step up and try to fill the fill the shoes. And it, that's a really hard thing to do. So I, I'm not – Think, I, I don't think that South Carolina State's going to be 8-3 and three again next year. I'm not saying they're going to be 2-10, and 10, but I, I don't have them in the top two next year. But if they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong. I think I'd have to be crazy to disagree with you on this because if you look at the, the deck that they have stacked against them, the, what they would have to do to bounce back and go 8-3 and three again is going to be almost impossible because you pointed out they're losing Alex Taylor – a guy that's going to get drafted, huge offensive tackle, super talented. But you're also losing a first-team all-conference receiver in Demontrez Burroughs. You're losing a first-team all-conference defensive lineman in Tyrell Goodwin. You're also losing a number of other all-conference guys that they had 
Like, you know, they're also losing Malik Mickle is the other player that I was looking for is another offensive lineman on their team. That is a ton of all-conference guys. And the reason why they were so good was because of this senior group. And the same thing I, I am going to continue to say during all these previews, it is so easy to pick the team that is losing the most and the best players to the draft, graduation, whatever it is, because it is impossible to recover from that. It's not easy. You need to have a really good program set up and you need to have a really good young class. And maybe we get proven wrong by the younger class. But as of right now, the, it seems like things are really stacked against them. We you look like you're, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You look like you're pondering there. Yes. Because we just, had that happen to us our junior year. It's incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Sean, our favorites to win. Not a lot of disagreement here. I mean, NCA&T. They are steamrollers. They're incredibly well coached. I think they get fantastic talent in recruiting. I know players, when they go to NCA&T, they're excited to be there. I think there's a culture at NCA&T, and that's one of the most important things of a program is to have that culture, and they have it. They have confidence. They have swagger. They are disciplined. I am all in on NCANT. No matter how many times Joe pronounces it, NCAANT. There is one A, but that's all right. NCANT is going to win this conference next year. It makes so much sense to pick them here. You'd have to be crazy to not pick them to repeat. You're returning one of the best players in the country in Jamain Martin. You're leaving because you know that you can compete for the playoff after this season. They're going to be riding high and looking to finish strong in their last fight in the MEAC. And I would argue, if we were to pick a Celebration Bowl winner now, Sean, I would pick NCAA and T. I don't know about you. I don't I don't think anyone really comes even close to them. They're, they've been that dominant in, in uh, the Celebration Bowl and also in the MEAC. All right, now we have... One more message from our sponsors. That is from Simply Safe. With home security, there's two, two ways you can go about protecting your home. You can wait weeks for a technician to do a messy install that costs a fortune, or you can go get Simply Safe, the two time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. And heck, why wouldn't you avoid? Find a way to avoid having people to come and set up something at your house, especially during these times where you're trying to quarantine and stay safe. Simply Safe blankets your whole home and safety outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching early motion and glass break sensors. Guard inside. You can set up the system all by yourself, and it only takes 30 minutes. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to, to dispatch police in a moment's notice, 24-7, 50 cents a day, and no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team from Simply Safe and all of us here. Wishing you safety and good health. Sean, we got one question from a listener. And that is from currently committed Morgan State long snapper Jake Maggio, who previously was main long snapper Jake Maggio, who was asking us a lot of main questions last year. And he just wants to know, 
if we can give them a projection on Morgan State and where we think that they're going to fit in the MEAC next season. So just for um, reference, last year they were 2-6, and 3-9 and nine in conference. They're also losing one of their receivers who is going to be a, an undrafted uh, free agent very likely, or at least a rookie minicamp invite. So, Sean, do you have any thoughts on on how you think they're going to project? Well, now that they've added uh, long snapper Jake Maggio, I think that that definitely bumps them up at least one win. Uh, Do you you think that's what he just wanted to hear? (laughs) I think he just wanted us to talk about the special team's operation, how much better it's going to be now that they have a new long snapper. I can't get over the last year we were like two episodes in, and he asked us to – preview the Marist special teams and I was I I got so mad at him when he did that because I was like I don't know anything about the, <laughs> the Marist special teams no I mean Morgan State's not a bad program it's a um it's just it has a lot of of competition to deal with in the MIAC if you're talking about NCAA and T at the top South Carolina State who's going to be fighting to stay at two Bethune Cookman's breathing down everyone's neck Norfolk State also breathing down in everyone's neck I think this is just a lot to deal with, but I, if, if we're talking about where they stand in top of the, the teams that were at the bottom, they're much better than Howard, and they're also much better than Delaware State. So that's that's where they it puts them middle of the pack. I'm fine with middle of the pack. Prove us wrong, Maggio. Prove us wrong. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. As always, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Art19, you name it, we are there. You can also head to Believe.com, spell B-L-A-V.com to find our show and a number of other amazing shows on their website. Be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon and follow Sean at Sanderson Radio. Also follow at Believe Podcasts and... Am I missing anything, Sean? Is there anything you want you would like to cover? Nope. All good. Follow us. Interact with us. Let us know what you <laughs> like, what you don't like. <laughs> All right. Well, stick around for next week where we're gonna take a look at the Pioneer League. Talk about that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.